Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. And this week, folks, we are continuing with our exciting adventure in the Casketlands, playing the Powered by the Apocalypse Weird Western by Marie Enger. We'll get you back out there hunting for the homestead in just a second. But first, I want to remind everyone that the One Shot Network currently has a Kickstarter going. We're funding the first full season of our all-ages actual play show, Skyjack's Courier's Call. It's an offshoot of one of the other shows on our network, Campaign Skyjack's, and follows a group of hopeful teens who want to one day become mail carriers in an organization that distributes the mail through flying ships and on the backs of giant birds in a universe full of piracy, magic, and a cursed sea. It's a big scoop of Avatar The Last Airbender, a scoop of Harry Potter, and a sprinkling of Treasure Island. We've already funded and we're currently looking to stretch goals. So if you've got young ones at home and you're looking to get them into gaming, or you've just got someone in your life that you want to share a magnificent story with, head over to bit.ly slash courier season one. That's courier and season with the numeral one. If we can get the campaign to 10,000, we'll be able to commission more original music from Arnie Parrott, and there is nothing in the world that I love more than finding work for artists. With all of that out of the way, let's get to the show. We'll cut back inside as you hear the tolling of the bell outside. We don't have any uh, scheduled meetings going on in the dead of night, do we? Nothing I've heard anything about. All right, well then, uh, I'm gonna go find my corpse and, uh, bring him out. My guy, Jeremiah, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Good as well, see you. Flag. She's all right, looking, all right. Looking fine, sir. All right, I hate to say this, but I'm gonna go get fold, so, uh, maybe, uh, make yourself scarce. It, no, okay, I'll just be around. All right, I'm gonna lock up bar. Don't y'all try nothing. Wouldn't dream of it. All right. Better next time, Wendell. I'll, uh, take, uh, the rest of that, uh, cantina in a little bit of, uh, time, but, uh, We'll uh, settle this later. Yeah, I'll go practice, I guess. You're getting it. I swear to God, you are. Flex walks out the bar and then goes in the opposite direction from the square so he can go find Fold, who's kind of like just holed up somewhere. Yeah, I want to cut over to Fold. Where does Fold? Fold hangs out eight times out of ten in like the stable. The way he passes time now is just like talking up the beaten and battered horses, maybe in the hopes that like maybe one of them will catch like a 15th wind and like be able to take him out of town. (laughs) So he's just kind of like hold up there. And so now he's just kind of like he's feeding them grain or just like talking to them. Penelope, I wanted to to tell you that uh, I I still think you got it in you. All right, You you can do it. All right, we can do this together. Fold, fold. You hear the bell? All right, something's going on in the square. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta head over there. Calm down, Flex. I can really feel it this time. We can see Penelope, this old gray mare who has is blind in one eye. And they're trying to lick up the little bit of like oats or grain or whatever that you're trying to offer, but their mouth is so dry that she's just having so much trouble getting any of it in her mouth. You know, the old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. (laughs) Come on, come on. Come on, fold. All right, that horse ain't going to be good for nothing but glue in a couple of months. All right, we got to (laughs) go. Stay strong, all right? I will if you will. And then fold has to like 
turn her head a little bit so the good eye is looking at him. Stay strong. Fold can see his own reflection in the horse's eye. And, you know, there aren't too many reflective surfaces in this place. So he kind of has to confront himself for the first time in a long time. A lot of scruff. He has, like, shaggy hair. And he just does a once of his face and, like, kind of takes in the lines. Takes in just the, the, the random bumps that someone will accumulate from, like, knocking their head or just, like, living. And then he just spits. And then he, I'm coming, I'm coming. Excellent. I want to cut to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you know, this is a community-like gathering. Uh, You've mentioned being an outsider before. How do you handle these congregations that pop up from time to time? Uh, You know, wanting to keep scarce, both for the reason of just being a large gathering of folks, of which there is a mixed bag of opinions, um, and knowing that Fold is making their way based on flexes. Uh, Jeremiah kind of skitters out of the front immediately beelines to the left and ends up finding where there's a, a dried trough off to the side with a few kind of old, rickety, long warped boards that were par- using to build a house that the family that was going to live in it ended up not arriving. And as such, it's just been kind of left partially built and, un- and abandoned to fall apart to the to the elements and has become an occasional kind of refuge for Jeremiah. He kind of scoots underneath the boards a bit to stay out of sight, but still close enough to listen in and keep a very, very close eye. He has a number of hiding spots throughout the town where he's able to do this and does it often. As people start to pile into this place, like we, we can see uh, that there are folks carrying lanterns cutting through the darkness. And, you know, I think like some of that is reflected in Jeremiah's eyes as like these crowds of people are moving towards this place. And a lot of people are chattering con- with confusion, some with consternation. Uh, there are certainly no planned meetings for this time. And who could possibly be ringing the bell at a time like this? One of those people is Hilton, the mayor of Doubletree. He's a man, I think, in his late 40s. Uh, so he's a little bit sturdier than the, the folks who are in their 50s. And being the mayor, being someone in a position of political power in this place, he's probably a little bit more rotund as well. Now, what could be happening in this place? Who's ringing the bell at all hours of the night without informing me? And then he becomes silent as he looks up onto the dais and sees Loam, the madman. In Casketland, people either must accept their death or reject death altogether. In rejecting death, though, you also reject the thing that makes you human. And when you do that, you become a madman or a monster. And Loam is a madman. He is someone who has been his age, or appearing his age, for as long as anyone here can remember. He is the madman of the Northern Hill. He lives up in a place made out of bones and grave dirt stuck together, with odd bits of feathers and other things found out in the wastes of the casket land. And he has the quality of all madmen, that he cannot die. He also does not speak. He is someone that the community is glad to have, but is never happy to see. Loam typically arrives to warn of terrible things about to befall the community. He has been the herald of plagues, of 
sandstorms and of the initial drought. Loam stands with fiery eyes looking over the congregation of people. Everybody, don't worry, it's just Loam. Something bad's about to happen. There are people who are indeed quite worried uh, <laughs> as mumblings begin around. Now, now, everybody, calm down, calm down. Loam, what brings you here? Why, why, why have you decided to trouble us again with your presence? There are some people who feel the way the mayor feels about Loam, who even suspect that Loam is causing all of these terrible things, and others who respect Loam with, with a terrible fear, uh, the way a child would, the, the old woman down the street who everyone suspects is a witch. They look at Loam with fear as Loam thumps their staff against the wooden boards beneath causing the chatter to silence around them. Loam then reaches out to a clay jug that they have attached to their belt and places a hand up in front of the crowd. Slowly, they uncork it and pour out onto the dirt fresh, clear water. What are you doing, man? Come on! Shouts around the community start up. People scream in anger and fear. There's chattering all around. Loam, what is this nonsense? You get off this stage right now! It's perfectly good water, man! Can't be wasting that. That's like liquid gold. And then Loam thumps their staff, their staff again, dropping the clay jug, leaving it to shatter on the ground. And they curl their fist. The dust of the earth coalesces around the shattered bits of clay, intermixing with it, causing it to grow into a simulacrum that looks like a small home, set upon two large legs. It stomps around. And I would like somebody to make a roll for me, and that is, I'm going to say, assess. Uh, that'll be based on your smooth, whoever feels that they are best equipped for that. Why are y'all smooths? Uh, ooh, that's... Minus I'm, two. I'm <laughs> zero or <laughs> negative plus one. Plus two? Yeah. Oh, then... I should do Two it. is very good. Okay, yeah. cool. That's good. Yeah, you, and that's you take it. I'm a people person. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, that's very, <laughs> that's very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about as good as we can roll. So what you are seeing is a story that you have been told since you were young. Um, I'd, I'd say it's it's like one of the first stories that kids back in the old days before the hard times would get told of something called the homestead, a walking oasis, a fine house built out of wood, wood that's stronger and more solid than pine. A house that always has a warm hearth, open to any who would be keen on a warm night in the cold desert, or sheltering themselves from the sun's harsh heat. Of course, the other thing the homestead is rumored to have is a working tap. The most notable thing about the homestead is that it walks around on two massive chicken legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yaga, yeah. Yaga. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are provided with a picture of the homestead uh, for y'all to enjoy that's there. Yeah, that's straight yeah. up Baba Yaga. That's straight up Baba Yaga stuff, baby. I was made for this. You see the homestead. Uh, you see the homestead brought in front of you as it walks around and stomps around this like 
tiny recreation of the casket land. Like you can see that the sand has coalesced into these graves and the house crushes the graves along the ground. As You can see Loam's fingers are contorting in ways that are quite unnatural, as though he's strung invisible marionette strings to this tiny house. I, I don't understand what, 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 what you're trying to say. Does anyone speak madness? I don't know about madness, but I know Homestead when I see it. Come on, oh, we ain't talking about that Homestead stuff again. We don't have time for this nonsense. This community... Loam once again slams his staff onto the ground, facing blazing eyes against the mare, and looks out to people in the community that he feels will listen to him. And those people just so happen to be this group here. I I want to know, Jeremiah, how does Loam find your eyes? With the crowd kind of gathered around the front, Jeremiah is more off to the back and the right side, you know, as far out of the, the conspicuous crew as he can be. And so having all this attention entirely placed upon the crowd to have the madman's head slowly turn towards what, from everyone else's perspective, is nothing. And I just see the eyes right in my direction, piercing me as I recoil even further into the shadow out of fear. You do that, and Loam extends his hand. The little hut, like, stops stomping mid-movement and, like, falls over as Loam beckons to you. Jeremiah awkwardly grabs a shovel, which is the nearest implement, and kind of uses it to prop himself up and slowly emerges from the shadow and gets about 15 feet from Loam and the rest of the the crowd, just locked eyes on him. Uh, Yes, yes, sir, mister. Once again, Loam begins the dance of his fingers, this time making solid eye contact with Jeremiah. The house picks itself up. I think uh, the water that he poured out earlier is like dripping down from this house as it like walks against the ground. Can we save some of that? Mr. Mad, Madman. Gloam gives a solemn and slow nod. Then his eyes once again search out over the crowd. Who does he find next? Well, I know that I'm probably, as a community leader, so to speak, probably right up at the front if you want easy access. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) He makes eye contact with Belle. His stare is intense and hard. And I think... You're one of the people in this community who's probably not too phased by that. No. You've had to give the hardest stares of all. People have begged you for a drop of something to drink, and you've had to turn them away. Loam's eyes try to bore into you, and they meet against your own steely gaze. What do you say to him? If you got something to say to me, I suggest you say it. Loam cannot speak, but he moves more forcefully with his hands like Mm -hmm. as more dust and dirt coalesces around this thing and he'll plant his staff into the ground and bring up his other hand and Mm -hmm. swirls his fingers again pulling up out of the ground a mockery of the double tree as this hut stomps its way over caskets towards the trees. His eyes blaze, pleading with you to understand what he is trying to tell you. Is it coming? 
he gives a slow and solemn nod, and then he moves over to the next set of eyes. Boring! All right, all right. It, look, if anybody is done with this, like I am, all right, we're doing another Texas Hold'em in Bell's Bar in five. Shut up! Shut up, son! He's looking directly at you. What are you talking about? Look at him. One eye is fixed on flex and the other fixed on fold. It is unnatural how independently they move of one another, uh, but it does not steal from the power of the gaze. It draws you in as he moves his hands together. The homestead stops in front of the double tree and exploding out from it, clods of dirt start swirling in the air until they pepper and destroy the two trees. He claps his hands together, and the sand smooths over. He's saying he's, the, he's coming to destroy the town? Slowly, his head nods again. Great. <laughs> something else for, something else for this uh, that's, that's going to destroy everything that we know, know and hold dear, all right? This ain't nothing. I said, shut up, all right? Loam, you've seen better days. Is that all you have to say? All you have to tell us? Loam puts up a finger and then swirls again. Uh, the earth recesses around his mock homestead and squeezing out from the earth is the fresh water that he poured on the ground earlier. It gathers itself up, making a slight, a, a sort of chalice. And based on the lantern light and the moonlight, the water dances in an appetizing way in the air. It looks like a small oasis. The homestead is coming to destroy the town, but it's also, it's also got water. I think because you nailed that role so hard earlier, yeah. um, I think you'll know one of the secrets of the homestead. Uh, Only the secret. One of the specific parts of the legend. Which parent did you lose first? Oof. My mother. It's something your mother told you. One of the last bedtime stories that you got when you were a kid. That the homestead was a friend to travelers. That's what it was supposed to be. But it was that way because it was in the hands of a kindly old wizard who traveled around and would deliver water to people who needed it and help to those who needed it in the desert. But that's because the homestead would follow the commands of whomever held the deed to that place. Um, and that deed, you imagine sometime in the past 10 years, it's rumored to have changed hands. Hold up a hand, try to call his attention back mm -hmm. over to me. It needs to change hands again. Loam's eye, like, just tracks away yeah. from the other person, so one is on you. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just not phased. I've seen everyone I love die. It's fine. Is that what you're telling us? Loam slowly nods again. Now, I, I don't want to waste good bone and blood chasing fairy stories in the desert. Uh, now, Hilton, I've put up with a lot from you these last few years. You know that. What? But you look at me in my eyes. You look at me. Tell me if I look like I'm taking this serious or if I think this is just a fairy story. Hilton, like, catches your eyes, uh, and he is used to dismissing people with his authority, his wealth, his influence, uh, but that really only... Uh, happens when he doesn't face a real challenge. And in Bell Hemlock, 
anyone that lives faces a real challenge. He looks in your eyes and backs down almost immediately. Miss Hemlock, Miss Hemlock, I'm, I'm not saying that, uh, that uh, it wouldn't be nice, but, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, tough times. And uh, going... I know it's tough times, Hilton. I've watched everyone I love die. I've watched the city of my childhood crumble into dust. And if there's anything I can do to save it, then you bet your ass I'm going to do it. Are, are you suggesting that you're going to wander out into the casket land and, 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 and hunt down some kind of... Sure as shit might be. Well, that does not sound very appealing, but okay. I won't stand against anyone who wants to investigate or something that Loam has brought before us. I, I feel like we as a community have suffered as we have ignored Loam's strange messages. He eyes Loam suspiciously. <laughs> In the past, but uh, I don't want people simply wandering off into the desert to their own deaths. I'll go. I turned, didn't see him come in even. Um, see Jeremiah kind of off alone in the middle of the shadow, with a little sliver of moonlight hitting him, still holding the shovel on one side, his good arm raised and looking straight towards Bell, and she goes, uh, I'll come with you, Miss Bell. Ain't, ain't no waste of, ain't no waste of flesh if no one... He's gonna miss it. Oh, if it isn't Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. 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 McCall. Mr. M- M- McCall, he says, getting he, your name wrong. <laughs> you can call me Jeremiah. Uh, all right, uh, J- Jeremiah, if you you will accompany uh, M- Miss Miss Bell and Mr. Loam, uh, we, we could uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, spare together some resources. And at this point, Someone else calls forward. You better put together some resources. You better put together some resources real fast. We barely got any yesterday. Maybe a half portion for everyone. There's some grumbling in the crowd. That's right. That's right. If there's any chance to get any water for this community, we have to take it. We can't afford not to send someone out. The grumbling like gets louder and louder and louder. Now, now, uh, calm down, everybody. Uh, calm down. Uh, I'm sure the three of these people will do just fine. No, we need more than that. We need more than that because if we get the same amount of water we got yesterday, tomorrow, we're, we're not going to make it the week. We're going to have to start culling again. We're going to need someone who knows how to get, ar- get around out there. We're going to need someone who knows the casket land. Flex just kind of nudges fold and say, look at all these people. Everybody's saying, we need people. Well, we need people. They don't want to go out there themselves. Going out there is crazy, man. <laughs> it's crazy, right? I think Fold places a familiar hand on your shoulder. A heavy hand. A firm hand. Come on. What are you talking? What? I know we want to get out of here, but no, we don't we need to go into that. Come on. You know that we have to do this. They need reliable people, all right? You have to do this, and well, I'm coming with you. Come on, I don't want to do this. But you're going to do it. He very begrudgingly raises his hand. Come with, and then Fold also raises his hand. I'll come with the kid. Fold raises his hand. Jeremiah actually takes two steps back and kind of lowers his head partway into his torso. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. This time, I think there's another banging. As we can see, the sheriff has taken their 
six shooter and just knocked the gun a little bit against the dais where people meet. She's a woman with uh, dark skin who appears to be in her late 40s, early 50s. Half of her face is entirely scarred. You can see from the other half that she's quite beautiful. And that beauty is still in her, but whatever trauma she suffered, she carried with her to the point where she couldn't be bothered to believe that that beauty exists within her heart anymore. She gives a hard stare to everyone around the town. Now I know the people of this town are all too happy to send off community members to their death. But if y'all want people to come back here with some source of water that they're taking from the casket land, taking from something that even Loam thinks is dangerous, y'all are not going to have them do that alone. If you want people to do this, go out and fight for you, then you're going to need to be behind them. Everyone take your rations. We're filling up four canteens, and we're sending them off with as much water as we possibly can. Hey, I'm starting to like this. Now, now, Sheriff, you can't be serious. I've never been more serious about anything in my damn life. Now, you open up those pockets that you've been holding so tightly, Mr. Hilton. These people need you because they are going to be fighting for you. And you will not have a weak arm fighting for you because I have seen what happens when you let people go off like that. She says, peeling back some of the bandages on her hand, and we can see... It's almost skeletal, covered in burns. Mm. The casket land is kind to no one, and water's the only thing that keeps people alive at times. She pulls out a funnel and says, bring your canteens here. We'll have everyone top you off before you go. And there is a line that forms. I want to know, everyone probably has a moment as somebody is pouring something into their canteens uh, that I think epitomizes your relationship with the town. What what look do people give Jeremiah? I think it's a mixed bag. I think the people that are newer to this town, mm-hmm. uh, especially kind of the you know late teens, early 20s, maybe 30s or so, uh, who've only been here for a handful of years, kind of look in mild disgust or at the very least trepidation as he kind of sheepishly approaches and receives it. But the people who've been here since he's been here, the people he's done work for, and, you know, a few folks that have had an opportunity to at least show a little pity tend to be a little more quick to give a slight smile and a nod, but no words are exchanged. Uh, What about for Flex and Fold? Uh, For Flex, I think a lot of the people hovering around his age are kind of like hitting him with like, more like positive sort of jovial like hey keep keep tabs on these guys okay hey you know i will (laughs) come on man give me that water come on uh but then so yeah it's kind of like he's kind of like making a joke of it or making light of it um no one is really paying attention to fold um just kind of like if anything locking eyes going there's one woman that comes through who stops at fold they share a a moment together of eye contact and folds like uh, Annette full try best to come back. Ooh. And then Annette's husband comes. <laughs> 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 oh, you son of a <laughs> And uh, 
And so he like un- very unceremoniously tops fold off and then sort of like arm on Annette's sort of back and so she sort of leads them both uh, away. God, that's so good. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, what about for Belle? I feel like uh, my regulars come up to me. At least one of them, someone I've poured many a drink for in my day, uh, tops me off. I say, um, a funny thing doing this the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a shy, sad smile. There's hope in everybody's eyes, but it is a pained, strained hope. It is the hope of people who don't want to give themselves permission to get hurt again. But slowly and surely, all four canteens are filled. And at that, Loam once again slams his stick into the ground and walks down the dais and begins walking out of town without a word to anyone, obviously, because he doesn't talk. (laughs) But uh, he makes no uh, indication that he is going to wait. So... Right now, well, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's almost at city limits. All right, all right, let's I, get to I, it. I'll be the one. Yep. Are you good to keep walking? Yes, I am fine. Are you sure? I don't want to have to carry you. Do not worry about me. Gather my skirts with my filthy ass apron at the front there, and I make and I book it. As as she takes off, I'm getting the last bit of water into my canteen mm-hmm. from an 11 year old girl who's been kind of one of the kinder folks to him. And as he closes it off, he looks to the rest of the people that are still watching, and she goes. Uh, I'll, I'll do my best to keep Miss Bell and Mr. Fleck safe. Jeremiah, come on! <sighs> he just turns and takes off after Miss Bell. <laughs> hey, heroes, it's James, your game master. Welcome to the mid-roll. Let's get things started off with a radvertisement. This one comes to us from Explorers Wanted a Numenera actual play podcast. What does a nano-turned-thief, a right-turned-fugitive, a laid-back monk with financial problems, and a disgraced magical children's performer have in common? They've all been collected by the same mysterious woman in a recruiting exercise they cannot begin to understand. Also, at least one of them hates juggling. Explorers Wanted is a weekly Numenera actual play podcast about exploration, intrigue, and friendship. Folks, I know when I'm looking for new actual play podcasts, sometimes I like something that has just started. So I don't feel overly intimidated by a long backlog. Explorers just launched, with their first episode going up April 8th. And Numenera is also one of my favorite role-playing systems that I really haven't had the time to scratch the surface on. The two times I played it on one shot are the only times I've been able to play the game at all. So this is exactly the sort of thing that I would want to listen to. If you want to join me in that, you can go to explorerswanted.fm slash one shot to listen and get details or subscribe with your favorite podcast app of choice. A huge thanks to the Explorers crew for sponsoring us this week. Uh, please check out explorerswanted.fm slash one shot. I think that's the first time anyone's created a link because of advertising that they've done on the show. And I want to show them it did good work for them. Speaking of actual play podcasts, I wanted to dedicate part of my time here in the mid-roll to tell you about campaign Skyjacks. Uh, you've heard a little bit about our spin-off in the pre-roll, and you want to hear more well-produced actual play from the OneShot Network, Campaign is our flagship show. It's an anti-colonial narrative set in a world full of sky pirates. In an original setting we designed based off the music of the Decemberists, 
classic adventure fiction, and the board game Illimat. It's hilarious, dramatic, and exceedingly gay. It also stars Tyler Davis, who you're currently enjoying on this episode right now. So please check Skyjacks out on your favorite podcast app. You can find it by searching Campaign Skyjacks or James D'Amato. And the logo will be a little ship. Finally, before we get back to the episode, I want to take a quick moment and thank our backers on Patreon. Without you, this show would not have been possible. We're going to be doing individual thank yous very soon. So if you are interested at all in hearing your name on air, head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and sign up to support us. The sooner you do that, the sooner you'll hear your name in this voice. Now, with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. I have distributed the weapons to people who have weapons. Hmm. So for attack rolls, you can use the effect of those weapons as you like. Oh my god, I love this. Gives me brawn and vitality. Unfortunately, what? (laughs) What? What does it do? Unfortunately, you will also be cursed with lycanthropy. You now need to feed on human flesh once per day. Excuse me? I mean, that's kind of cool, right? I don't see a problem. Hi, I'm a vampire. I'm a werewolf bartender. Are we... Are we doing weapons here? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. What is your weapon? Knife and a walking stick. Oh, yeah. I also have a knife. I'll give you the broken bottle in in, in lieu of the knife because we only have one knife card. Oh, my God. That's fine, then. I'm locked into it now. I can't get out. This accent's stuck. Oh, I can use the loaded dice to re-roll one of my outcomes once per day. Oh, that's dope. It's a new roll. That's kick ass. I love this playbook. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to represent the wealth that you two have as uh, you have two random items that you are keeping away in your stores. So what'd you get, Tyler? I've got snake oil. It works as long as you believe it will. (laughs) You can use this jar of mystery liquid to modify a backbone or creep roll or regain some vitality. Ooh, cool. And we've also got skin of your teeth. You won't survive but for the skin of your teeth. Give it up to regain to water. Excellent. That's pretty cool. So as we're talking about that, I will note that on everybody's character sheets, you've got two tracks. One is vitality and one is water. Your vitality, those are your wounds. You're going to be taking hits as you get into dangerous situations uh, throughout this adventure, and that will come from vitality. Now, at any point, you can decide to ignore the harm that you would get from a hit by ticking off some of your water. You have been given a collection of what amounts to kind of the last water this town really has to muster. Everyone, in order to live, needs to take three drinks of water a day. So you have enough water to last you three days. Now you can use that water to deflect harm coming in for you. The other thing you can use that water for is to succeed automatically at anything you try. 
Before uh, a roll, correct? Uh, I think it's after as well. Is it like yeah. using lock points in Monster of the Week? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. For those of us who listen to a horror borealis, and there should be many, uh, <laughs> Monster of the or, Really, I mean, it was on uh, Adventure Zone too. Like, oh, yeah, uh, true. I was going to say, maybe the more well-known podcast that did. <laughs> you're right. The more well-known one, a horror borealis. This is the one-shot <laughs> network, baby, and we're going to support this. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, we love the Adventure Zone too. That water does work like luck points. You can automatically succeed at a roll uh-huh. after after the fact, but of course uh-huh. it is taking a permanent resource away from you. You're not going to find many opportunities mm-hmm. to refill your water on right. this adventure and you don't have that much time. So yes. if you're going to do something, you got to decide that it's really worth it to you. Mm-hmm. If it takes you three days to get through this adventure and you use your water for things, you're not going to live to the end. No. You're going to start dying uh, of thirst. Um, side note, it just now occurs to me when you asked me to plug my things at the beginning that I didn't mention the one one-shot show that I'm on, <laughs> and I'm really sorry. <laughs> I play Mariah Harris on Horror Borealis. Okay. <laughs> I just needed to good, 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 good. Um, Do we also get the items on the item? Uh, yes, yes. So uh, what are your items? Loaded dice times three. Oh, well, you okay. have three loaded dice. I'm a gambler. Dude. I have a two <laughs> hairs. I have two hairs of the dog, but I don't know if I just need yeah. to use. Uh, let, let's use let's give device. Matt uh, the loaded dice, okay. uh, and we'll just give you a random item you, in okay. replace. So cool. there are the loaded dice. I also, have, we'll I also have two hairs of dog, by the way. You can mark down two okay, on cool. that. Pan. Knowledge of a location, dirt holds memories, secrets. As you sift it through the pan, some of those secrets are revealed to you. Ooh, that's cool. You can do like a divination spell with like an old gold mining pan. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm also just going to like make a note on my sheet here that I have. The lucky feather. I'm curious. I'm just, I'm just want to know. Let's see. <laughs> the, the lucky list. feather. It's on the list. Everyone laughed at you when you insisted on packing this superstitious trinket. Checks out. But yeah. <laughs> it's brought you luck before and it doesn't seem to be stopping now. It gives you plus one water. <gasps> oh, shit. Holy. Very, very valuable. Holy yeah. cow. So, uh, it's a nice feather. Oh, so go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm saying it's a very nice feather. I take care of it. Keep it in my pocket. <laughs> so I think at the very top of that, I just kind of said that Flex had a like a bunch of deck of cards. I think he, Jeremiah, does have the actual trick deck. Mm-hmm. If I can, ju- I-, I can give that to him. Oh, yeah. Because I also have a pound of flesh. Ooh, nasty. And, <laughs> and blood from a stone. And I think I between that, that's like that's a Thank lot of you. things. Well, do you have a trick back there as well on the list? No, I gave him the oh, trick deck gotcha. because he had mentioned he was doing card tricks earlier, and I thought I would be very in story about it. It it was. It I was did dope. I love that. I did love that. <laughs> we, can, we can both say we have. <laughs> God, I can't I'm too sad. I can't wait for Jeremiah to sacrifice himself for oh my God, that's people so that sad. won't appreciate it. <laughs> I I cannot survive guesting on one shots. <laughs> I've died in every, except for like Escape from the Blood Keep with Brennan, which I technically did die, but I had a character who was undead, so couldn't technically yeah. die. But like, I died in every one shot. It's well, then never, you're going to be the one that survives then. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the, I, I really like the idea of him being the final girl of this little party <laughs> somehow. <laughs> okay, so you set out into the casket land. It's the sort of thing where the oldest caskets are the ones closest to town. Uh, I I think often Fold probably mumbles to Flex as they make their journeys out that because of the lazy bastards who came before them, they have to go further and further out into the dangerous desert in order to bury. 
And just making our lives harder. That one, right over there, that one's just waiting to bust open. We passed that one before. I know we passed that. I know you know what I'm just saying. When it happens, I'm the one that told you about it. <laughs> I would like someone to represent the party to roll a survive. Survive is based on backbone. Oh, not me then. I got minus one backbone. It might be uh, Fold. He's got plus three. Fold has got plus, plus three. three. Holy backbone? shit. Let Fold do yeah, that. Yeah. Let's, let's let Fold do that. Oh That's almost a guaranteed success. So. Okay. Almost. So is it, is it one or two die? It is two dice. That okay. So that good. is a seven plus uh, three. So that ten. takes you to ten. That is a full success. Nice. So what I think <laughs> happens, like like you begin walking out into the desert and the winds are really starting to pick up. They were howling through the caskets earlier and they carry with them sounds from around the casket land. It is an eerie place, uh, especially as you walk around during the day. It carries the memories of things that have happened in the past. Uh, it's something that Flex really had to adjust to being a grave digger. He would hear voices of people. He would hear murders and deaths that have happened in this place years and years ago when something terrible happens in the casket land the desert remembers the wind remembers and occasionally it tells the tale but tonight it does something that frightens fold himself it frightens fold because it carries a scream a horrible laughing scream on the wind and he knows this is the scream of a coyote <laughs> terrible beasts that were once animals that have been warped by the evil of the desert they are said to hunt at night and when they are out it's something you really really want to avoid hey pipe down you hear that everybody you hear that i hear it you mean to tell us we go all the way out here in the desert, and Hilton doesn't even give us his gun. We got coyotes. Loam's eyes are pointed in opposite directions like I a chameleon. That. I love, that. <laughs> I I love it. Uh, yeah, I yeah. love him. <laughs> He's looking around. Uh, you, you've rolled a really good survival check. So what? I, I think in this situation, Fold knows what to do. I think it's with coyotes it feels like it's a fight or flight situation and it doesn't necessarily seem like we are i got a broken bottle yeah, yeah, yeah. we gonna we gonna flight <laughs> <laughs> um so i think there are probably stories of people like of people trying to hide from the coyotes but it's probably one of those things where their senses are very uh, those don't go well so i think the the best al alternative is to just try and put as much distance between where you th think you hear the coyote going and where you are and just pray that the coyote and like you're not going to like intersect because if that happens then you're done are we able to discern the sound of this screaming wail from the rest of the wind or are we kind of trusting fold's yeah. instinct here i think so i think fold is so good like had such a good survival role that they can tell it's a genuine threat though anyone could roll an assess for this which was based on smooth to oh. like look up for paths or ideas um, i would like to roll an assess actually okay 
See if it helps me determine which direction that sounds like it's moving in, maybe. Ooh, okay. Um, ooh, please give me a good one. Um, That's an eight. Yes, uh, plus two, so a ten. That's a ten. That's, that is a full <laughs> success. Hot dog. Okay, sorry. Tell me what direction they're coming from. Well, first, can you tell me what direction we're walking in? <laughs> so you are walking, um, I think, towards the north. Towards uh, the north. Yeah. And I think I hear it coming from the west. Can I also say, uh, and if like push comes to shove, you have no other options. Some people have, there are stories of some people being able to hide in a casket from them. <gasps> Sorry. Because oh, yes. it's just so gross and smelly in there that it actually covers up the smell so you can potentially, if luck is on your side, hide from coyotes. Oh, well, then I think that is it. That that fold, like, hushes everybody up and then immediately starts bashing in, oh like, like work, p- putting a shovel in the door yeah. to open up one of the... Come on, help me with this. What are you talking about? Do not ask questions. Everybody, you better do the same. Come on. The coyotes are coming and... There's no cover. All right, we have to we have to get away. We've got to disappear. Immediately go over to one of the nearest caskets and taking my knife out, I kind of pr- pry it into the side of it and begin wedging it open. Yeah, I don't have anything to wedge open a casket with. I have a broken bottle. Well, no, I'm, oh, I'm actually okay. I'm, I'm looking over towards you. Oh, as I'm okay. wedging it oh, open. Thank you. And like, thank you. Got it. Got it. Got it. Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah. Oh. Is the casket empty? I'm going to say no. Oh fuck. Uh, Okay. I, I think inside the caskets are these dried, desiccated corpses. They have been tied with rope that at one point must have been taut, but their bodies have shriveled so much from being dehydrated so long that they're not. The only thing that moves is their eyes. Fuck you. They are. Sorry. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Raise your cantina above your heads, all right? Do not let any water drop down onto the bodies. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah's not paying attention. Jeremiah is looking at the open space of the casket and right now wrestling with a lot of childhood memories. Oh. And just goes, after you, Miss Bell. All right. Got to get on in here, too, okay? I would like... Palms the knife to you as you pass in, by the way. I love Jeremiah. Jeremiah, please flash back to your childhood trauma for us so that we can understand it better. (laughs) You see, as... Our vision goes into his left eye, the you know pupil dilated from the lack of light beyond the trickle of moonlight that crests this whole wide plain. Uh, and you see him climbing a tree as a young precocious teenager, uh, trying to keep up with his other friends that are taunting him before one of the branches gives way and he falls into darkness. And the darkness sits, endless, vacuous. And then he moves. And he's, he's still in the darkness, but he's compressed. He, his breathing is labored, and he begins to push up, but his arm hurts. His right arm, he pushes with his left arm, and it, it's an excruciating pain. And he's fighting against something that's tethered to him, and he begins to scream and push. And through the pain, continue to, to bang his head and legs and just scream and cry for what seemed like an hour before eventually he can hear the sound of shovels hitting the topsoil and the top of the casket before he's pulled out at which point at this time in the wee hours of the morning he looks up broken crying his face a sniveling mess this 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 child to the woken from midnight sleep a much younger and spook-eyed fold who has been shown his handiwork Hmm. and then pulls back to that space where he's standing 
and looks at the casket, looks at Miss Bell, and just closes it on her. I love this decision. So the sound approaches. They are cackling screams. (laughs) They swirl around and speak in these cackling screams as though it is one voice. You can feel them around you. Um, Maybe if you're quite clever and able to hide, you can see the shadows moving between the caskets occasionally stop. And you can see standing probably at about three feet tall on spindly legs covered in strange natural markings that look as though they've been drawn with coal or something of the like, the flesh of the coyote. Its blazing eyes snap open, a green-orange light piercing the darkness. Each coyote has three eyes that all have that kind of swiveling chameleon quality of looking around in multiple directions. What is your plan? Kind of looking around and seeing the last bit of the casket closing on fold and flex, and kind of back against the lid with uh, Bell inside, seeing this kind of visual range of these terrible creatures come over the edge, I kind of go, oh, this is time to roll the dice. And knowing the one thing I've been good at and trained my entire life is to stay out of sight. I go ahead and try and find, uh, is there like a splintered casket nearby? Something that perhaps hasn't taken well to the weathering of time. Excellent, excellent. I think this is a... I thought there was a bespoke one about sneaking around and hiding and stuff, but maybe I'm wrong. I guess it is survive. So that's going to be survive. That is plus your backbone. Okay. Lady luck be with me today. No. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and if I could use one of my waters there. Oh, yeah. Don't you have loaded dice? Hmm? Don't you have loaded dice? Can't you do something? You could do. You, yeah, you can. That's true. I can do one reroll. Yeah. Do you want to use one oh, of I your three loaded you dice just... on that? Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> so one of... so I, I kind of think the way this works is loaded dice, I think, are kind of an occult object. So I think first we see this go terribly wrong. <laughs> um, you try to hide. What What is the thing that gives you away? How do you fail at hiding? Initially, the thing is, he has kind of like a, a scrappy coat on him, kind of like a, what was once a, probably a nice kind of duster that's kind of just slowly pe- pulled apart over the years, where he keeps a lot of his kind of knickknacks and weird collecting things in pockets on the inside. He goes and finds one kind of broken pile of a casket he, th- that he thinks he can go ahead and hide in, and he pulls back some of the wood, and there immediately you can see there's like a sinkhole into the ground that just disappears into absolute darkness and kind of wind almost howls out of it. And yeah, that is not an option for him to hide. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like that that happens and he realizes that's a bad idea. He turns around and <laughs> the coyotes like swarm around him and like bite into him, at which point he'll take out his loaded dice. And I feel like they roll on the ground and we see blood spill out from them. And then we see that disappear back up into his hands, reverse time to the point where he's back before he's made that terrible decision. Oh, look upon me this eve. It's a seven. Seven. Okay, so that is a partial success. I think you are going to be able to hide, but something important is going to be threatened in the process. I will let you choose. 
would you like that to be one other member of the party or some of your resources? Only for the purposes of delicious drama, mm-hmm. I will say another member of the party. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. So right. where do you end up hiding? I think uh, looking at this this hole and seeing them swarming around and having this vision of my terrible demise for a moment, I realize that one of the things that I do have is a kind of a, a loose hook that I use to carry and drag things across uh, the town for me and I take it and I jam it into a piece of wood that's just wide enough to go over the hole and actually like hang in the hole Ooh. out of view rickety as it may be I think that does it and you rig up that hook you've got to move it around something and you were very careful of where Miss Bell was but Fold was moving too quickly for you to pay attention to that. So the thing that you anchor it to is the very casket that Flex and Fold are currently hidden in. So it thuds over. And I'm going to say it doesn't pop open. That stays shut. But the coyotes convene around it and start to sniff around. Now, I think Fold rolled super well in the survival roll. So I think the coyotes probably aren't going to be able to sniff past it. The thing that you're worried about, though, is you didn't listen to Fold. You didn't put your canteen above your head. Clearly, I think, Flex, it's still at your side. And a small drop of liquid drops onto the body that you're in the casket with. And it starts to move. What do you do? Fold has done already done risk assessment and has realized that like it's probably better to stay as quiet and as still as possible with a slightly reanimated part of a corpse than to risk hyenas. Flex is freaking out and trying to stomp and like trying to stomp it out, and so Fold is trying to calm him down um, while also being trying to be as quiet as possible. Love this. I, you know, I think this is a survive roll. This is a backbone. You really are trying to <laughs> tough your way through being in this terrifying situation. Okay, so two, two plus two. So flex. That's a, a six, six, which is a failure. Mm. And that's a hard failure. Okay. It means you do the thing that you would least want to do in that situation. Uh, what uh, is that? I mean... He, he, he yips and then and then he also like the reanimated like arm that and just like he stomps it out and, and I think like the reanimated arm has managed to wriggle its way out of the ropes in like this really unnatural flexing because like I think it moves sort of like a jerky snake um, and it's now questing it's like grabbing your shoulder and like moving its way down your arms looking for the water Uh, so you're dealing with that Um, the coyotes like have definitely heard something inside the casket and so in that moment fold just even though there's not a lot of space he just like puts his hand and muscles his hand over flex's mouth and is trying to like brace him against the wall because it's better to be in a room with an arm snake than dead um, okay. I imagine that uh, everyone else is in some something of the horrifying position of being able to watch this. Uh, are you going to do anything? At the moment, 
hoping that they pass over, uh, just kind of looking ever so slightly mm-hmm. over the hole to ensure that if anything does go wrong, he can react. Perfect. Okay. I've got a very tight grip on that knife just in case. Okay. So everybody is sort of watching, waiting for something uh, to go right or wrong. I think in this situation, uh, Fold is, is the primary, like, knowing... The coyotes have heard enough that they're very interested in this casket. You can do one thing before the situation breaks extremely bad. Uh, what is that thing? So, <laughs> pretty bad. I'll give you, um, uh, I, I will let you know, you have a couple options that, that I think might work. You do have manipulate, which can be used to, you know, fool someone. Like generally that's a social manipulate, but I think it could also be like, you know, you are finding a way to trick the coyotes into putting their interest elsewhere. Also, something that is just a thing that exists as a move in this game and anybody can use it any time is conjure, which you can like do weird folk magic stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're back in the game. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. You know what? Here's what's going to happen. Fold is going to, it's a lost cause, or at least he's already gotten his message across to Flex to just like shut the hell up. He's going to take his arm, uh, hand off of his hand, off of Fold's, sorry. Man, why did I go with alliteration for these two names? <laughs> <laughs> okay so fold takes his hand off of flex's mouth reaches into his cantina pops the cork and pours one drink's worth of water like out onto the ground it falls it disappears before it reaches the bottom of the casket and then there's like two seconds of silence and then you hear another casket far off into the distance animate because he poured, like, he conjured the water to, like, go into a different corpse to animate oh, another body. Oh, hell nice. yes! Please mark off a water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, no. You do that, and I think you can see through a sliver in your casket a hand smash through, Oof. and the coyotes, like, suddenly stop, look up, and then I think, Flex, you have the best view of this, like, through that sliver of wood in the moonlight. You can see their mouths open into this unnatural grin. Like, their cheeks go back, and they keep going back uh, much farther than they should able to be. Always Smiles face. too wide for their faces. Yes. yes. I, think, I think it cuts back into their necks. Uh, <laughs> it's like that, like, kind of unnatural unhinging of the jaw thing, and they just go... <laughs> And they take off and go to that casket and start tearing that dead thing apart. You've got seconds as a group to react, uh, to get out of there. They will not be long with a parched thing. Where is loam? That is a good question that will be answered when you start to move. <laughs> okay, so I think, I, I feel like everyone, I'm, I think I'm assuming right now that everyone's going to have the same impulse as me, which is they're gone for a moment, go. Make a break for it. Well, on that is same that a page. roll? Do I need to roll something to make a break for it? Or am I, I think going? so. I think this is probably a survive. Uh, I will, because the like somebody sacrificed some water 
that's just an automatic success. I'm going to give you forward one on this. So just need one person to like ferry the rest of the group Okay, out. so who has, what do you roll for survive? Um, uh, Tyler did have something Oh yeah, you have say. the highest backbone. Well, okay. I had a, oh, sorry. I had a, just a question of this because the water, you sacrifice a water and you get the thing that you want. It just succeeds as though you'd rolled a 12. Is it too much to be like, the thing I want is for us to have clearance to get out? I think it is too much. I think we are going to need one more roll just to have you get out, but it's at at an advantage. Like you're rolling this at plus one. Okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, since you have the highest backbone, if if only one of us needs to roll for survive. That's true. Okay. Uh, Probably. (laughs) Boom. That is eight. And then, uh, okay, that's an 11. Excellent. Uh, so that is a wild success. I, I think you managed to silently burst your way out of the coffin. Um, everyone begins to move and you realize Loam is not with you for a second. And then there's kind of like a shuddering of the earth nearby. And Loam is just unearthed as they were covered in dust. Ooh. And like he stands up and holds out his hand and his stick like pops up Love for him. That. And it begins to move as quickly as silently. You can't believe all of the baubles hanging from him are, for some reason, in this moment, not making noise. They're, they, like they like they're doing a thing where they 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 come close to touching, but they never do. Yeah, Even, like it defies physics. Normally, Loam is like a friggin' Morris dancer with all the noise that he's making. <laughs> <laughs> but in this circumstance, he's and so. And we quiet. are booking it. Yeah. Boom. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry. We'll be back with more Casketland next week. In the meantime, be sure to check out some of the other great gaming shows on the One Shot Network. Like Asians Represent. Asians Represent celebrates Asian creators and diversity in the gaming community. Join hosts Agatha Chang and Daniel Kwan as they discuss gaming, genre, and representation with their guests and occasionally argue with each other about the sound of Agatha's beloved Airhorn app. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, I want to remind everyone to contact their representatives about a rent freeze in your state. Folks, an unbelievable number of industries have shut down completely due to the COVID crisis. Unemployment has jumped to a staggering level. And in a crisis like this, we cannot allow people to lose their homes. The federal government has already provided a really weak response in a $1,200 check that might not even be $1,200 in the case of many people. So many of you out there already know that that $1,200 is not going to be able to keep you in shelter and keep you fed. And unfortunately, I can't foresee a lot of action being taken place on the federal level, which means you got to turn to your states. So call your state representatives and let them know you support a rent freeze in your state. It'll help people stretch their savings farther and prevent this crisis from becoming much, much worse. Now, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find summaries of issues affecting the country and your local area, along with contact information for your representatives and scripts to read while you're on the phone so you can get your point across. Calling doesn't take much time and it can make a huge difference. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. 
If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at paracosmpress.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.